Hello and welcome to Cranker Commentaries. As always, I'm your host, Jake Zamastro. And as always, I'm joined by my very good friend and co-host, Keaton Barr. Hello, Keaton. I know uh, I know something you don't know. What do you know? You know, this whole time, the whole time we've been <laughs> doing the podcast, from the start, from very fir- the very first episode, I've uh, I've been using my left hand to, to, to do it. But you know what? Yeah? I'm not left-handed. Oh, oh! I thought you were gonna say you switched the glasses, because <laughs> that was also didn't he also say I know something you don't know or something like yeah something like that something yeah because yeah, I know something you don't know yeah right yeah. right similar, yeah 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 similar why yeah. are you laughing it's like, yeah I switched the glasses <laughs> <laughs> so how is it using your left hand are you gonna get much better. Oh yeah, well you'll just just you wait. The podcast from here on out is from here right. on out. The podcast is going to be so much better because you're using your right hand. I'm using. You're not yeah, left-handed. Using, no, I'm not. I'm using my dominant hand hand now. Okay. Yeah. So, just so you, everybody knows. But uh, yeah, uh, that's that's we're doing the Princess Bride Part Two. Um, not that there's wait. A... Okay, that was just making me think of is. Carrie Elvis, left-handed. Good question. I mean, we've we've learned in from our past Google searches that that, that it's hard to find reliable information. Exa- on those. It's not reliable <laughs> sources, really. I think people unless just you can like, find some, unless you can straight up find somebody in an interview saying, you know, exactly. I have this handedness. You I think know. people just like look at what hands they use in the movie and then just like. Make assumptions yeah, but I mean, when that. somebody's playing a character, you can't exactly, exactly. Like, go off that, you know what I mean? Exactly. Because there could be something in the script that very specifically says they use this hand, right? Exactly, yeah. And a character could specifically be... A character could be left-handed and the actor not be. Although, you know, if they have to sword fight, you know. <laughs> Although, he does sword fight with his left hand in this movie. Yeah, they do. They, sword, they do both. So Something. we can't actually tell from anything that happens in the movie whether or not he's right or left-handed because... What I didn't notice that he was specifically bad at doing it left-handed. What hand does he point at uh, at the end when he points at uh, Prince Humperdinck? Well, when he's like, know. "Drop your sword." What is it? What I think I, it's his I right hand. I suspect it's probably his right hand. If his character is supposed to be right-handed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, that's a that's a. Good aside to start the episode off. Yeah, <laughs> but handed uh, this important important facts. Yeah, yeah, you got to get those. Actually, fat, we you know. have no facts. It's all speculation. Yeah, that was yes. that part was not the podcast in general. We have many facts in store for you. We do have many facts, but yeah, that that particular conversations also might even have some true facts later on. I, there might even be. There might even be. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, so let's just. This just uh, this week we're going to talk about um, 
just the production because you know last week we talked about the pre-production kind of the whole lead up situation as we always do yep. um but that like the main takeaway from last week was basically like you know, they tried to like apparently i this movie was tried they tried to make this movie uh, a number of times and it came closer than i thought oh really um to being made uh two different times once uh, the was was William Goldman involved both times? Or? Yeah, both times, because apparently he got approached basically immediately after the book came out by 20th right. Century Fox, was interested in making a movie, yeah. basically, in, it, it instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first incarnation, I don't exactly know when this was, but the first incarnation, the funding was pulled out from under them, so that fell mm-hmm. apart. And then the second one, he said the president of the pr- production company or the studio got fired just before they were about to start, like putting it together. So that right. Well, so maybe that's why it was so good because William Goldman had two attempts prior to this. Yeah, he well, he was thinking about it a lot. Yeah, he'd been. Yeah, well, I mean, since... like, did he actually write scripts for both of them? I don't know. I don't think they got very. I don't, I don't think they got. Very okay, you far. don't think they got that far. But I really, I don't know to be honest. Yeah. Specifically. Okay. Um. But yeah, so then obviously Rob Reiner is the one to make the film. He gets Rob it. Reiner makes it happen. Yeah, he gets he gets it together. He 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 gets the script. He's like here. He talks to Bill Goldman, um, and Bill Goldman is like, he's like, okay, who's this Rob Reiner guy? I'll see if I'll see if uh, you know, I I want to you know hitch my uh wagon or whatever hitch my what is it? What is that saying? Hitch my horse hitch to his wagon? You no, know, hitch well. Isn't Hitch My Wagon good enough? Hitch, hitch My Wagon to Your Horse? I don't know. Anyway, uh, the point being, he wanted to, before he started doing business with Rob Reiner, he uh, he wanted to see what he was doing, so he watched Spinal Tap, and apparently he thought it was fucking hilarious, so. Yeah, well, it <laughs> is. Like, yeah, it is. He liked it, so that's, uh, I mean, you never know with these uh, old Hollywood types. <laughs> They what uh, Bill Bill Goldman? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was kind of like pseudo Hollywood. So. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so that's 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 basically yeah, they got it, it uh, squared away. So this week we're going to talk about the production and, uh, as you say, perhaps some true facts. A uh, little bit about the soundtrack as well because we oh, yes. mentioned last week that was a important important factor. It is, yeah. It's a notable, it's a notable factor, yeah. Um, yeah and then that, that we'll go from there. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's uh, start her off. Um, let's get into it. Let's get into it. As some other podcasts might say. <laughs> <laughs> As I might say, yeah. Well, we yeah. are a podcast, you know. Yeah. We have. Well, let's get into it. Yeah. You're let's right. get into it. Yeah. <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> it's well it's a good lead in phrase. It's like Yeah. It's it's not boring necessarily. Anyway. Well um, we're not getting into it. So let's yeah, do it. <laughs> exactly. Let's do it. Let's get into it. <laughs> so they, they, they By the way, if somebody if somebody can prove us wrong and we do actually say that, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, don't think I'm, we did, but I yeah, could be I'm, wrong. I'm sure we have an equivalent. <laughs> yeah. Like anyway, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so they began shooting in, you know, 1986, 
Um, super tight knit group. I I don't think it was a huge. Uh, I mean, there were like a lot of extras at times, but I think generally it was a pretty small cast, right? Um, mm-hmm. and crew. And they all stayed at the same hotel and everything, so you know they're super tight knit. Both, especially uh, Carrie Elwes and both and Robin Wright were both talking about how you know how close everybody was. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, the, actually, I have a quote from Robin Wright here. If you wanna, if you wanna read that from her. Uh, yeah. So she said basically about the the casting crew, like it was the warmest family. We stayed at the same hotel and ate together downstairs. Rob rented a house, and we would go over there. They could cook dinner and sometimes and somebody would pull out this guitar and sing songs rob would sing it was a real family and we laughed so much <laughs> yeah, sounds like a good time it does sound like a good time um and that's you know i think that's because i, I watched a few interviews with rob Reiner and he really seems to like when in terms of directing he seems to want the people around him to be having a good time and i mean he literally yeah. says as much um yeah in the quote he says uh, yeah he seems like a fun guy he seems like a, a really good director like every person he every actor that on this film and as i recall on spinal tap as well yeah was like called him an uh, uh, an actor's director who you know they yeah. he 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 makes you feel like you know you're mm-hmm. part of the situation unlike perhaps a kubricky fellow who does ha- the actor is just there? Is a, they're basically a mannequin. Imagine, imagine if they were like acting robots. How happy! Well, I'm sure he wishes they were. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if he would, because he was also like. Um, th- no, let's not get off topic here. Hey, yeah, sorry. That's a that's a horrible, horrible, horrible side rabbit hole for us. Yeah. Um, Point being, this is a fun time. Rob Reiner's a, a yeah, an actor's director, and he said about it. He said, "I like to have people around me feel like they're having a good time. Creatively, it helps them contribute. I think if a movie you've been involved in comes on, it's like watching home movies. You want to have a fond memory of the day we went to the castle and we sang inside the room there. So I think that's that's just a that's interesting. I like I like that." perspective on it because uh i think that th- there are a lot of directors who go back and watch their movies john carpenter for example <laughs> yeah <laughs> who yeah. just can't get past like all the shortcomings yeah well and like it's just they can't rewatch their movies whereas he was uh rob reiner is actually saying like he likes to watch it because of all the around the thing yeah the things that it reminds the him great of. memories and i think that's yeah. that's super interesting and i think it's super telling it shows that he makes movies for yeah. himself basically like exactly yeah. for him he's not you yeah. know that's it for him because <laughs> he wants to it's a home the home yeah. movie exactly it's good yeah yeah but yeah yeah so everyone worked loved working with him everyone was saying like the gushing about him uh but yeah, yeah so they, they shot in the uk as i don't know if it's clear but they, uh it they, it, it it yeah it's pretty clear but uh although that's not entirely true that it was all shot in the UK. Most oh, yeah, of it was I... shot in England. But was a there? significant part of it was shot in Ireland. Oh, I see. My bad. Yes. Yeah. So. My bad, I didn't realize. Where the, in Ireland? The, the Cliffs of Insanity. The Cliffs of Moher. Oh, right, of course. Actually, let me double check. The, 
of insanity. Yeah, in County Clare. Fuck yeah. Um, Mind you, I believe that... I think that might have been second unit footage. I'm not 100% sure. Could be. I mean, anyway. Yeah. Um, they, but anyway, most they, almost all of the film was shot in England. Yeah, m- almost all of it. Yeah. Um, um, including, including the uh, bit that was in Chicago. Yeah, including... Frank or not, never explicitly... Do they say it was Chicago? Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, but presumably, uh, presumably, maybe it's in a um, Scarborough? Astoria. Sorry, Astoria. Yeah. Why do you say that? I don't know, cause it's Wayne's World. Astoria? You mean Aurora? Aurora. Yeah. Sorry. Why am I, what's Astoria? Oh, that's Oregon. That's the Oregon town where all, where all the movies are made. Sorry, my bad. I'm getting my film stuff mixed up. Very confused. At that. Sorry, everybody. Uh, yeah, uh, different coasts, basically, <laughs> different sides of the country. Um, anyway, so they 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 isn't Fred Astoria Savage... also in Queens? Oh, is there? No yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, anyway, of, I was thinking of the movie one. Um, Unimportant information. <laughs> so yeah, Fred Savage's bedroom was shot in a, in a studio, but the castle. Well, most of the castle was a real. Uh, real estate, which was called Penhurst Place, or maybe it's Penhurst Place. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. Um, I don't know. I'm not British. Yeah, they, the H- they have they their place names no make no fucking sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The way you pronounce them, yeah. It's probably Penhurst. Penhurst I have no Place. No fucking clue. It could be pronounced fucking Penhurst. It could be Pen. Like, yeah, it could be something fucking weird. Anyway, point. Or B. it could be like Penlurst. Yeah, yeah, it could be like Penn or something. Yeah. Like something totally unrelated, yeah. They're yeah. fucking weird uh, yeah. with, their na- with their letters and their names and their pronunciations and their shures instead of shires. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they but the, the, the interesting thing I thought was super cool is they, uh, on top of this, uh, this, like, it's already a pretty fucking, like, extravagant pal- or uh, castle, like, mm-hmm. it, with intense grounds but um they built like some fake so turrets. is it actually a castle or is it just like a big house i think it's like kind a of manor. like both i think it's more okay, of a yeah. manor than it is a castle but it's got some like stone right, elements because yeah. i don't know if they ever show you give you like a good like wide shot of the castle they give you one wide shot basically and right but for that wide shot they like built fucking okay uh, turrets and stuff they 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 like basically built a bunch of sets into this manor okay um uh as yeah uh but like not like in all of it a lot of the sets were actually shot in um shepperton studios which is a famous studio yeah a lot a lot of stuff was shot there yeah yeah like like alien (laughs) and the elephant man yeah but it's been open since like the 30s so you know literally tons of tons of stuff so yeah at at the studio they built that's where they built the fire swamp which is pretty impressive set you know it's a good set like it's clearly a set there's a lot of like the sets in this yeah. movie see, i see cool. that's also where the uh is that also where the forest was where they with the tree with the hole in it oh yeah yeah i yeah. i think so actually right like at least the scene where they go into it yeah, yeah. Um, the pit of despair. The pit of despair. Yeah, the yeah. The pit exactly. of despair. 
I can't. Awkward bit of despair. Bit of yeah, yeah. I can't even do it. I'm yeah. not gonna try. Um. Well, yes. Yeah, the I think the castle hallway where like uh, Fezzik breaks down the fucking door. Mm. Presumably that's the uh, that's the one they that they just said it's it's in a castle hallway. One of those mm-hmm. is the um in the studio. Yeah, and then they didn't co- want to damage the old house. Yeah, exactly. And then and then la there's the the shrieking eel. Obviously the 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 ship is that looked cool. I saw a picture of that from like zoomed out, and they're just kind of like in a tank, but the ship is like actually there. It's full size ship in a tank. That's, like, That's pretty cool. Pretty small, and then there's just, like, a matte painting and, like, the shoreline. It's just very... It looked very cool. Everyone should look up a picture of that behind-the-scenes uh, Princess Bride stuff. Uh, and then also, the, the, the obviously, the base of the Cliffs of Insanity where they, like, hopped on. That was clearly a, a, a set as well. A set, yeah. Um, but this, uh, speaking of the Fire Swamps set... Uh, the Rob Reiner told a fucking uh, hilarious story about the uh, the rodents of unusual size. The oh, the R O U S, R O U S S. You know the ones that uh, I don't believe exist. Why don't you believe they exist? Well, because you know the Dread Pirate Robert. Didn't believe yeah, he they says existed. they don't exist. I don't <laughs> yeah, believe they right. exist. He says. I don't believe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so he for this. For to play that, they had they had like little people in the um, in in the suits is what. Did they have Warwick Davis? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, um, <laughs> just because we mentioned him mentioned... last week, and uh, you know he was he was active at the time. Yeah, yeah. I think they would have mentioned him. <laughs> yeah. but like it might be on IMDb. Let's yeah. check who played the Rous's. I have it open here. Let me see. Rob Reiner was saying. Um, that they had two two of them, and they both had like different kind of skill sets at playing the. So they were the not areas. concurrently in the suit. It wasn't like a two man suit. <laughs> no, 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 two different, two okay, different yeah, suits. Yeah. No, yeah, it's not like. Okay, a... I have the names here. All right, Danny Blackner and George. Sorry, Danny Blackner and Anthony Giorgio. And there you go. Those are the RUSs. Have they been in anything else of note? Yes. Uh, Anthony Giorgio has been in Labyrinth. Wow. As one of the goblins. Sick. <laughs> and Danny Blackner has been, was an Ewok in Return of the Jedi. Oh, fuck. Yo, with are... Warwick Davis. Uh, he was in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Damn. And he was in Labyrinth as well. Wow, these guys are professionals. Yeah. Yeah, well, obviously. Well, this is because, well, apparently, according to Rob, one of them was really good at, like, sniffing around and, like, doing the, like, okay. you know, <laughs> you know, the rodent stuff. Whereas okay. the, the other one was, like, really good at, like, scurrying around, could, like, move really quickly. So who was the one that did the fight? That was the one who could scurry. He wanted the okay. one who could scurry for the fight. Okay, um, cool. So they were all there. They were show getting ready to shoot it, but, like, the one who could scurry, he, do, he, he hadn't shown up yet. I don't oh, yeah? know which one it was. Like, I, uh, who is the? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if we we have that information. Well, I guess maybe we could figure it out if this fault, this next information is available, publicly available. Um, because he didn't show up to the set because he was arrested. Um, oh. Because he had been pulled over and arrested. At least that's what that made it seem like. They said Carrie Yule said they booked him, 
and um and uh, uh Rob Reiner said they had to go bail him out <laughs> to film the scene. Um but they yeah, they waited till he was bailed out cuz they needed the scurrying the guy who could scurry for that scene. <laughs> oh, okay, wow. I wonder if you could figure out if I'm one of them got arrested in 1986. <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out right now actually. <laughs> like is that uh, public information? If it happened in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what should we call it? Um, I, I they don't have Wikipedia articles, just so you know. Um, okay, wait, 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 wait. Oh, okay. Danny Blackner. <laughs> Danny Blackner arrested. He was the one who was. Uh, he was uh, he. Blackner arrived on set with a long story about being pulled over for speeding the night prior on his way home from the bar and subsequently being put in jail for a few hours for drinking <laughs> so yeah you, I, he was after drunk after the police didn't believe his story of having to work as an actor slash stuntman playing a rat yeah that's right that's right because Carrie, Carrie uh, Ellis was like was saying that he was like fucking the the cops took him in and he was like I'm an actor I'm an actor I have to get to set I have to get to yeah. set and they're like oh you're an actor what do you what do you play and he's like I'm a rat <laughs> okay so so it seems according to this which is this is on I this is on the IMDb uh, trivia section okay I don't know how reliable that is because they don't source that stuff no you're right but it does have more information than go on the quote. Uh, no, that that's just what I'm saying because uh, right. the quote you you were saying that um, that he said that it was uh, the, yeah he, he was just arrested or he was they had to bail him out they had to bail him out it doesn't say that here right yeah. so I maybe Reiner was just that was yeah. just like he a figure of speech yeah exactly um but yeah <laughs> that's that's great um. So what was his Danny Blackner is the is the guy who Danny Blackner scurry. is is allegedly the one that uh that went to uh the drunk tank essentially. But, but yeah, but regardless, that means he's the one who could scurry. So he's yeah. a good good scurrier. Danny Blackner uh also a uh wait, sorry, which one was he? Was he the Ewok? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also the Return of the Jedi, that's badass. Um, so Mandy Patankin and Carrie Ellis, um, they were obsessed over performing the perfect sword fight because, you know, the point was they were trying to recreate these, like, you know, old-fashioned... Well, it, it, like, I think specifically one of the, uh, the big, uh, inspirations was, uh, the sword fight in, uh, what, what was the full name of that Robin Hood movie with Errol Flynn? Yeah, right. I don't remember um, the name. That was actually in color. Uh, Definitely, Rob Reiner was. He wanted it to be serious, but the actress took it fucking seriously. Um, the Adventures yeah. of Robin Hood. Yeah, right. But I, I, I find that particularly like because uh, because Carrie Elwes went on. Well, Carrie Elwes's mustache in the film is like you know. I think he, he's dressed up to look like that. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they were saying about why they he he was like yeah he's got this Errol Flynn look to him. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely supposed to be like looking like Errol Flynn. Yeah, that's and I mean yeah. they dress him up like that too. So exactly with the yeah the outfit too. Yeah. So they were like super into getting this fucking fight scene like perfect. They wanted it to be awesome. 
Yeah, um, but also because, like, you know, you want it to be awesome because, like, the characters are supposed to be expert swordsmen. Exactly. You, know? you can't... You, there's nothing worse than, you know, not looking like a good swordsman if your character's supposed to be a good swordsman. Exactly. There's nothing worse than that. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's that that's that's true. Um, so, yeah, so basically they spend every fucking available moment practicing. To, and he has to do it left. He has to have the fight left-handed, too. Exactly. That's, like, super Both of interesting. Them. <laughs> yeah, and they learned, I forget, shit, what was the stunt coordinator's name? Uh, Peter Diamond? Yeah, I think that was it. Um, they He was saying that, like, he he told them that you guys should Who learn each other's moves. Also worked on Star Wars, uh... A New Hope and Empire. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did say that, actually. He did say that. It's coming back to me. That he had also worked on Star Wars. Doing the train training for the lightsaber fights. <laughs> oh, um, that makes sense. Oh, and Return of the Jedi. So he did all three of them. Right. Um, so he was movie... with Danny Flackner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Weird. Some carryover there. Yeah, we are carryover. Um, he was like, he was saying they should learn each other's fucking steps. So they learn to just cause like, you know, it makes it easier to like not get hit in the face by someone else's sword. Yeah, that's true. When you that's know true. where it's going to be. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they did ever hit each other in the face while they were practicing. I think they did a, th- a couple yeah. of times. I think this is kind of part. Presumably of the these are rubber like swords, right? Yeah. Well, actually about that. <laughs> In the movie, Christopher Guest was saying he was giving an interview and he was super excited to do the sword fight scene because he fights, uh, you know, he gets he gets killed at the end there. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we, we said it in the last episode. I know, I know. I'm joking. Um, but apparently after the first take, Rob told him, uh, he said, we'll add sound effects later. Because apparently oh, what was it, he making sound effects? Yeah, apparently was he his... was going like, ka-ching, 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 That's funny, ka-ching. yeah. Um, and oh my god, you're right. I would be so. I would definitely do that. Yeah, me too. Like apparently, I've heard this was an issue in the uh, in the Star Wars later Star Wars films. Yeah, um, they would they go. Had, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like people making Star Wars films now, it's actually an issue. Like when they're doing oh really fake lightsaber scenes. Like so, I think they always have to coach people to not do the fucking. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I totally like yeah. <laughs> like when I was a kid, when we had you, 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 you had those like extendable lightsabers. Exactly. You know, exactly. those like w- yeah, you'd fight with those, and obviously you'd be making noises. I know it's just so deep in your psyche to do it. Exactly. <laughs> you know. So yeah, he was do he was doing that. He was making yeah. clanging sounds. So they uh they had to do another take, um, and uh. Apparently, according to Christopher Guest, uh, Mandy was being pretty like intense during the scene. He was like, he was like, oh, I don't want to get fucking jokingly. Of course, he was like, he's gonna fucking if you don't hold him back, he's gonna fucking kill me for real or something like that. Yeah. Um. But uh, according to according to Mandy, his father had recently passed away. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, from that's cancer. Very. Uh... The yeah. Reflected in the character. Uh... Exactly. It was, and I think he was kind of really taking that on in a right, personal yeah. way. Uh, and I don't know. Well, it shows through in the film. Uh, exactly. The yeah. It's a very emotional role. Yeah. And he does such a good job with it. Like, it's actually yeah. 
well, super well acted. And all and, that's yeah. I mean, he has one of probably the most memorable lines in the film. Exactly, and like uh, apparently that 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 moment was very cathartic for him because he was like right, yeah. he, he said for him it was like killing the six-fingered man was like killing his father's cancer in a way it was like kind of he, he right. even said like you know my father was with with me for a moment it was like my own miracle for a second so he he was he was very very Into serious the role, yeah. and yeah, like you know i can imagine he's a he got a very he's a very interesting guy yeah. um every time he talks it's, it's good stuff but yeah so <laughs> on a slightly lighter note um, from Patankin has a great, he said, a uh, great quote. He said that he was, uh, the most injured he ever got on set was, uh, from holding in laughter, uh, during oh. the, the scene with Billy Crystal and Carol Kane, who we forgot to mention last week. Yeah. Yeah. That was <laughs> such a good. And scene. obviously I'm, I'm sure you knew this and I'm listeners knew this, but like, uh, a lot of it was ad libbed. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is why, obviously, he had to fight back the laughter. Uh, well, because he didn't know it wasn't in the script, right? <laughs> exactly. Apparently, apparently, Rob would he would like say action and then he would leave the room because he couldn't keep it together. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Which is hilarious. Like, <laughs> and Billy Crystal, the way he was describing how he played the role, he was like, "Yeah, this is." I'm I sure he got really into it. Well, he was like, "This is just. It was super easy. It's people I knew, you know." Yeah, <laughs> this was exactly. Like, this was like my uncle or like my yeah, great, exactly. my grandfather is like yeah, this is really playing these. Humbling, 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 Thank you for bringing up such a very painful memory. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the uh, the MLT, the mutton, nice and yeah, lean, yeah, yeah. Like that, the fucking. Is that a real sandwich? No, no, I made that up. Yeah, that. obviously, yeah. Because obviously, <laughs> BLTs, sir. I mean, it's definitely a real sandwich now, but because yeah. of this movie. Yeah. What is mutton again? Is it? It's sheep. Uh, yeah, basically. Lamb? Sheep. Yeah. It's very popular in uh, the UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not as popular here. No. Not as much mutton around. No, um, well, we have fewer sheep. <laughs> for shame. We should get more sheep <laughs> around here. Yeah. I could, yeah. <laughs> I could really go for a mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich. Yeah, the mutton's nice and lean, and tomatoes yeah, nice exactly. and ripe mm. and crisp. Ah. <laughs> Delicious. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a lot of lot of. Is there anything better than true love? Yes, a mutton. Maybe a mutton. To blaze. which means to bluff. That's yeah. that's what. Th- what do you think that was improvised? Kind of sound. I. It seems like a very. I think maybe he came up with it beforehand and didn't tell him about it. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I, I don't know if it was, like, necessarily he came up Because that's a very sophisticated joke. Yeah, it is. And it's, <laughs> it's part of the, Yeah. you know. Yeah, well, I mean, Rob Rob Runner was saying, like, you know, he lo- I love working with Billy Crystal because every time you work with Billy Crystal, like, you know, he does some of the work for you. Like, he comes up yeah, with stuff. Definitely. He's actually, like, a a brilliant comedic mind right so yeah i'd like to read what that what that exchange is like in the book yeah that's true i would that would be an interesting scene to see written yeah yeah 
I'd like to see yeah, what Miracle Max is like on paper. Yeah, because, I mean, just because, like, Billy Crystal is such a, like, you know, singular, like, personality. Yeah, exactly. That, like, uh, I suspect that he kind of just brought his own thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that... I think they were just like, do do what you do it. Just, yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of fun people, a lot of good people on the set. You know, as I said, tight knit. Apparently, everybody loved working with uh, Andre the Giant. Um, oh yeah, he was a. Uh, was he a gentle giant? Apparently, well, oh yes, oh yes, extremely gentle. Apparently, except when he except, was in the ring. Except when he was in the ring, yeah, yeah. The square yeah, the circle. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was about to call it an octagon, but then I realized, oh no, it wasn't that's an octagon. That's, that's, that's something a else. Sport. Isn't it? Is that yeah, UFC that's that's that, that's UFC. That's yeah. MMA. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's an octagon. <laughs> but yeah, Rob Rob was like saying, I thought this was hilarious. Rob was like, you know, he had an excellent, and he wasn't trying to make a joke at all. But I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was I thought it was a sick burn. Um, he was like, you know, he, he Andre had these excellent acting skills, you know, because of his wrestling history. But you know, he did. He was like saying that everything he did was like supernatural and like. You know, it didn't seem like it, it, it. He seemed like a he. He knew what he was doing, even though it was, that was except for his pronouncing English words. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna that that's fine because at least you know, it could, he in the film that like, his character doesn't speak. Where is he from? Greenland. Green. That's right, Greenland. In I Greenland. don't think that's what people in Greenland sound like, though. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Um. Apparently. I I read this in like a million different places. Came up a bunch of times, um, but during on cold days because there were some cold days, uh, uh, he would uh, warm Robin right by uh, uh, putting his hand on her head, <laughs> <laughs> just like placing his hand on her head because it was so big and yeah what you're saying it's so big that it like it, co- it went from like the back of my neck to like my eyebrows so it was just like and he wasn't even like you know doing anything he just rested it there and it was like fucking yeah. super warm and, like, I wonder what um, his hand span was he, he did like in that look at his hands in this movie like he's yeah so, you can see it he's so so uh, so big, but apparently, actually, he had just recently had back surgery. So that's kind of why I'm thinking maybe that's why his uh, his gig in Japan was canceled. Oh yeah, because remember from last week he was he was gonna do a gig in Japan. Yeah. W- for five million bucks. Mm-hmm. But maybe was he wasn't Japan? ready for it. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, exactly. So he his back was in real bad shape during this movie. Yeah. And he couldn't actually bear any weight at all. Really. Um. So, so, but isn't there, what about when he was, uh, climbing the rope and he had them on his back? Yeah, it's, uh, movie magic, my friend. Yeah, I imagine they were dummies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, um, for when, 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 uh, Elvis is, like, hanging on his back, you know, during that fight scene. Yeah. Um, for, during the full body shots, it's actually a body double. No, Which really. Is, a body double for possible. Andre? Exactly. Where the fuck do you find that? What I presi- what, what I'm thinking happened is because they, they it's a really far away shot, as I recall, yeah. a real wide shot. So I'm thinking they did like 
a big guy and a smaller person than Carrie Ellis. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe. maybe. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Right, because um, I was like, how that? Where where does one find a body double for Andre exactly. the Giant? Like, the literal the reason he was cast was because he is the he. That's him. He's yeah. the giant. Yeah. Yeah, and the, you what know, was I gonna say? Where... Oh, what about uh, the guy from uh, uh, Big Fish? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What I feel like they were he... similar size. Yeah, he could have done it. He could have yeah. done it. Uh, that was that was made like not that long after this. No, no, no that was no, two was decades made, like, after. Yeah, two twenty years afterwards. This movie. So, yeah, <laughs> so he would have been. He would have been. Yeah, too young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, also the part where he, uh, he Robin uh, right like fucking uh, leaps out of the window and he catches her. Yeah, that was I mean clearly that was uh, cables, but he was. Oh there. yeah, where you just see her like uh, her dress kind of like flowing in the wind. Her down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like <laughs> slow mo. So I don't know how they did it exactly. That, yeah, but that was that was a great shot. I forgot about yeah. that, but yeah, uh, I. This is one of those movies that I've seen so many times that sometimes I forget to like pay attention to this like you know cinematography. Yeah. Speaking but of which, <laughs> uh, maybe we should do that section now. Yeah, let's 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 do it. Okay. How did? they shoot it okay so i was not able to find that much direct information about how they shot this movie unfortunately however yeah i have some interesting background i think i would like to share okay (laughs) um so this film was shot by one adrian biddle adrian biddle okay uh we have uh sorry Focus puller Martin Hume. Martin Hume, okay. Yes, and so this was uh this was shot in a uh, standard thirty five millimeter process. Although, uh, it says here that it was shot on a JDC camera, which, from what I can gather, was a uh, a type of camera basically basically an RFlex camera modified by this guy named Joe Dunton. Which okay. leads me to believe that this was an early, a relatively early use of the Super 35 format. Interesting. Weird. Uh, which uh, was... Uh, it, 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 the first use of it was in uh, the sort of early 80s, and it became progressively more popular in the 80s. Where It was basically a way of shooting film where you would not shoot the soundtrack, and so you would get more of the film area used right. for uh more physical film. area on the yeah and film, so yeah. because a lot of cameras weren't manufactured that way uh a lot of at at, at some point all the super 35 cameras were just regular 35 millimeter cameras aka like an aeroflex or something like that that was modified most often by this guy named joe dunton um that's hilarious. so that was some interesting uh uh background but i'd like to talk just a little bit about adrian biddle because I okay. think he's an interesting guy. The cinematographer uh, Adrian Biddle. Yeah, so he is uh, um, he is uh, 
done a ton of shit. Yeah, what has he done? Uh, so he has Holy worked shit. on. Yeah, he's done yeah. a ton of shit. Aliens, The Princess Bride, Wilma. Well, sorry, Willow, Thelma <laughs> and Louise. Um, uh, fourteen ninety two, Construct of Paradise, The Mummy. <laughs> Holy shit! The fucking mummy, Shanghai Nights. Holy Another movie shit. we've done. He also did the Motor Returns as well, and uh, the final film uh, he did uh, was V for Vendetta, which was dedicated to him uh, because he died, I think, shortly after making it uh, of a heart attack. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, rest in peace. However, uh, I'd I'd like to kind of talk about. So he actually started off kind of just working on ads with uh, Ridley Scott. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how he kind of. Ended up um, shooting Alien eventually. Well, shooting Aliens because on Alien, he was the focus puller. He was the first AC. And he actually started off being the second AC on uh, Ridley Scott's earlier movie, The Duelists. The second AC, also being known as the Clapper Loader. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And this this is a very common... Uh, like a uh, path that progression, uh, yeah, makes sense. That uh, cinematographers take is they start off. You start as second AC, then you become first AC, and then you become the cinematographer. That's sick. So, but his first movie actually as the cinematographer was Aliens, which was directed by James Cameron. Yeah, because apparently uh, the original cinematographer, Dick Bush, very unfortunate name. <laughs> left because of uh had some disagreements with um with james cameron uh this uh, dick bush was disgruntled yeah dick bush (laughs) Um, and then and then he um and then basically he was replaced uh on the recommendation of uh ridley scott by uh by adrian biddle that's awesome notably also another thing that adrian biddle shot was the classic uh, 1984 Apple Macintosh commercial, oh, with, which was really? directed by Ridley Scott. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. I actually didn't know that was directed by Ridley Scott. You didn't that know makes that. Makes sense. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's, obviously, now that I'm, look, I'm thinking about it, clearly, yeah. Yeah. No shit. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so I, uh, he's kind of, like, sorry? Adrian Biddle worked on that. Yeah, go on. Yeah. So Adrian Biddle sort of like, you know, if you could say that he had like a, a sort of a hallmarks is that like he tend to he tend to be really good at working at uh, very wide apertures, uh, maybe right. because he uh, did a lot of stuff, spent a lot of time as a focus puller for uh, doing commercials with Ridley Scott. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just, uh, you know, he had sort of just... Uh, very like like i think the, the 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 very naturalistic look that i think comes across in this film although unfortunately i was really disappointed that i wasn't able to find very much actual like technical information on how they did specific shots and things like that but you know yeah like you know, can't be, always I, find that out there might be some behind the scenes footage that i couldn't find that i didn't see yeah but you never know i'm sure it's out there if you really dig for it yeah, you gotta really but, uh, dig for it, and we're not getting paid enough to no, really dig for it. But yeah, um, I thought it was interesting. Uh, 
learning about uh, Adrian Biddle and his time yeah. working on great movies such as uh, Shanghai Nights and The Mummy. <laughs> That's so actually, that we... have we we've done a fair chunk of uh, fair chunk of the movies we've done have been Adrian Biddle uh, shot. Yeah, fair a fair chunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, two. That is a fair chunk. No, three. Three now. Yeah, yeah, three. Yeah. I yeah. mean that's true. He's really starting to be one of the most, uh, one of the most prolific. In we should, our, yeah, we should try to keep track of who pops up the most often. Yeah, I wonder. We could make like a. Uh, a six degrees of cranky counters. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Well, okay. Well, if you were to say that who pops up the most, it would probably be somebody in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that might have to be uh, like <laughs> by default, but, but like. Yeah, that might have to be like aside from Star Trek, keep them yeah. separate. Who who has yeah, who has the most direct appearances in this podcast? Yeah, who is it? I wonder, I wonder. if it's John Carpenter. No. Well, we've done mm. more than one of his movies, but I feel like he gets mentioned a lot. Yeah, we definitely have mentioned him yeah. in a lot of episodes. Like right now, for example. Yeah, exactly. In this well, episode, I mentioned him earlier in this Yeah, you did. Because so he doesn't like to watch his movies. Yeah, exactly. So this is the second time in this episode we've referenced him. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's what I uh, have to say about that's, that. You know, that's just that's what you know I have to interesting say about learning that. about uh, Joe Dunton and Adrian Bill. Fuck yeah! All right, well that brings us to our next segment. <laughs> Some good fucking shit is about to go down. I was interested in the pit of despair. Oh yeah. What about the pit of despair? Uh, the machine. Really uh, I Did wanted you learn to learn all about suction? I I looked into medieval torture. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> for quite a while this afternoon. I was I trying to find anything remotely Related. similar to Did they use what, suction? Suction was not really a common thing, although, you know... It, it I feel like it could be very effective in could, Yeah, yeah, it would be really effective. It seems that there's, like, a lot of fake torture shit out there, like... I am aware um, of that. Well, because I yeah. feel like a lot of stuff was just kind of devised to scare people. Yeah. As opposed to actually being used for torturing. Yeah, exactly. And then also, I think there was just like in the in the nineteenth and early twentieth century, I think there's just like a boom of people making fake shit. Also, it's um, like you know, to torture somebody, you really, you really don't need. You don't like, need that much. Basically, you don't. You don't need just, complicated shit. Yeah, most of it is just various forms of crushing and bashing. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. So there's you've got your knee your knee crusher. Yeah, uh, which is like a knee splitter thingy, which is like it's like a spiked box that your knee goes in, and they like slowly vice it down on your knee. Mm-hmm. That one's a rough one. Um, there's a lot of a lot of dangling from ropes to sh- dislocate your shoulders. That's a rough mm-hmm. one. Um, the the one that I found particularly brutal, um, but this one was kind of disputed whether or not it was entirely true. 
Like, mm-hmm. but uh, I I I have heard more than one instance of it being true. It's basically like uh, Ivan the Impaler style. You mean Vlad the Impaler? Vlad, yeah, Vlad the Impaler. You've conflated Ivan the Terrible with Vlad the Impaler. Ivan the Terrible and Vlad the Impaler, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Neither one of them were nice guys. Nah, not both. (laughs) Pretty bad. (laughs) Um... But he was like the same kind of idea of like you know you put it's it's just this metal pyramid thingy that you suspend somebody above and then you put it so they're sitting on the point and basically you like slowly let their own body weight like impale them on this pyramid but so it gets wait are they sitting on it yeah yeah so it's going into their butt yeah yeah exactly. And it gets bigger and bigger, and like they like you know, and they eventually like weigh down your legs and stuff. It's pretty brutal, but I mean Ugh. that that one might be fake. But the the what is versions of that where they like basically put you on a plank, and like weigh your legs down until you, you like fucking split in fucking half. Um, but basically, none of this is actually anything like the machine or you know the pit of despair. Um, the, the pit of despair uses like water. The pit of despair is a lot. It, it's like a torture chamber, basically. Yeah. Right? Didn't they have that like uh, that droplet torture thing? Is that a real thing? Say, say that again. That sort of like droplet torture thing where they like put one droplet at a time on you for a really long time, and then oh, it bruises I, you. Is that a real I've, thing? I th- I've no know if that's a real thing. I've not. I didn't hear that. In, it w- that didn't come across in my medieval torture. Right. I've heard of that as more of like modern fucking torture. Well, that's that. That's not what waterboarding is. That's different. No, no, yeah, that's a different thing. <laughs> that's I different mean, entirely. But seems like they're 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 just, they're a lot more heavy-handed in uh in the mid in, Middle Ages. They, in the Middle Ages, I feel yeah. like they they overcomplicated it a bit. You know, back then. Yeah, a lot of the time. They, they seem to have some pretty roundabout methods. Yeah, well, they had this, like, one device that was, like, basically, like, a lever with, like, a seat at the end, and this was for witches, specifically. Um, They would, like, pop the witch on the end of the lever, and then, like, just dunk you in the river, and so basically... And if you floated... (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So it's... (laughs) Well, I guess they were were basing it on something, but uh, speaking of which, you're going to do that movie at some point. Yeah, exactly. We will definitely do that one. Yeah, and they would <laughs> um, put, like, a sack over your head, so basically, like, waterboarding, so you got disoriented as you got, like, right. dumped in and out of the water. I mean, as you say, as I was looking into, into torture chambers specifically, there's a few, like, the, the, the Inquisition is the is the most, like, documented uh, torture chamber era mm-hmm. because... They, as you say, that basically the point was to fucking scare people. Um, I mean, they did obviously torture the shit out of people, but yeah. But I'm saying, like, you know, you don't need that much of a complicated mechanism to cause pain. <laughs> exactly. So basically, it was like the plank, which was like a board that you got like, like tied. Your arms and legs got tied to, and they just basically stretched you. Mm-hmm. Um, and often the the bottom was like spiked so as they like turn the cranks it like also like you know stabbed you okay um as it tore your limbs and stuff so that one was kind of a regular one and then the the dangling from the arms was a regular one and the the uh 
the plank where you like fucking both legs on either side. Those were the three most common ones, it seems. But basically they would like, they would, the torture chamber was this place that was like supposed to, it was supposed to be like hell for, you know, for prisoners. So it's like you go to like one prison room and then you go to a smaller prison room and then you go to a smaller prison room then they take you to the torture chamber and then they take you back to the smaller prison room and they're like are you gonna confess now right i see yeah and then if you don't confess then they take you then they bring you back yeah brutal Yeah. yeah pretty brutal it's pretty uh pretty brutal um, so, but, um, <laughs> so, the, so the torture chamber is basically the the closest similarity we have to the Princess right. Bride. <laughs> so the pit of despair is a lot like an Inquisition style have, torture chamber because it seemed like because didn't he say like pain was his like fucking passion? Like yeah. he seemed like a he seemed like he would have a pretty hardcore torture setup. Yeah, he's I mean, like he uh, machine for pain. Pain, pain was his passion. He was like. Uh, Steve Martin in um, uh, <laughs> was the movie with the plants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a dentist. <laughs> I don't even know his fucking song. <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. He was like, yeah, he was like a fucking um, Steve Martin in Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, serious medical question for you. Yeah. Is it possible to be mostly dead, but still a little bit alive? Absolutely. That's a do, do we have any every any documented instances of this? I think it happens all the time. Yeah, I think people are in with modern medicine. We we bring people back from the mostly dead threshold more often than we ever have. Yeah, I think people mostly die all the time these days. Yeah. Let's see. Do I who? Are there any celebrities that had like a near death experience, like died and then became? Oh well, there's the um. Not really the same, but I'm thinking of Cat Stevens. Oh, yeah. When he almost drowned. Yeah, yeah, but that's kind of a different conversation yeah. altogether. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's what. I got okay. So I uh I was like. I just googled mostly dead, <laughs> and so then one of the results was mostly dead. Us. So I clicked on it, and so the, the thing in the the little text that shows when you search it is there's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. Mostly dead is slightly alive. So I clicked yeah. on it, and then it shows me a uh, a like picture of the Grateful Dead logo. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. They got you. They got you. Oh, I mean, you could say that Jerry Garcia was mostly dead for... <laughs> I mean, for the last five <laughs> years of shows, yeah, he yeah. seemed mostly dead, yeah. The way yeah. he was on, falling asleep on stage, oof. Yeah. Rough stuff. Would you say Bob Weir is mostly dead right now? No, he's full of life. <laughs> he's full of life? Yeah, he's full of life. He's he's, uh, he's spry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Um... Who knows what he? Actually, honestly, who knows what he's like beneath the mustache? Beneath um, the mustache, is there anything yeah. left? Who knows? There's probably nothing. There's probably no face left. Anyway, we're getting yeah. off topic because there <laughs> is more Princess Bride talk uh, left because we're gonna talk about the soundtrack now. Oh um, yeah, let's let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, do you want to play us? Let's let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Do you want to play us something? Yeah. 
So this is being sung by Willie DeVille. My love is like a storybook story, but it's as real as Wait, this isn't Mark Knopfler singing? What? No, it's Willie DeVille. Like it's funny because it does sound like him, though. It does sound a lot like him. I yeah. always thought it was him until I saw that. Does he sing at all on the soundtrack? I don't think so. Weird. Let's see here. Yeah, no, he just guitars, it says. But really? This is I mean, that sounds like his true. guitar, really, very much. But, yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> Storybook story. All right. The Princess Bride by Mark Knopfler. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Knopf Man OG track. It's this good is, shit. Yeah. The Knopf Man cometh. Bob Dylan's favorite musician from the Is, Did he say that? Uh, no, but he produced Mark. He produced all his albums in the eighties, and he like Bob Dylan was trying to sound like him for a while there. Right. Wait. So, but he, he produced like Mark Knopfler produced Bob's albums. Yeah. Not the other way around. Not the other way around. I, I feel like I would Bob's... not want Bob producing my album. I don't think Bob's much of a producer from I don't I, I assume he would just kind of like sit there and be like, Yeah, I think that sounds okay. Anyway. What was I gonna say? Uh yeah, Mark Knopfler, for those of you who do not know, most probably well known for being sort of, I guess, uh the main guy in dire straits. Hells yeah. You know? Is it Dire uh, Straits or is it The Dire Straits? Is there It's Dire Straits, I believe. You are right. Yeah. It is just Dire Straits. You know, uh, many of you are probably familiar with the songs uh, Sultans of Swing or yeah. Money for Nothing. You've probably heard them on the radio once or twice. Yeah, I think I love Dire Straits. My, I would say that they have three songs. They're one of those bands. Yeah. Well, I think they have a lot of good songs, but I think, like, I think the the famous, like, not everybody's familiar with all of them, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, you could put on the record, and they'll all be good songs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And it's really funny that Money for Nothing ended up being one of those songs, because it's so different from everything they do. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. It's like you could hear Money for Nothing and be like, oh yeah, Dire Straits is like a real, you know, hard rock band, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Yeah, you'd be, uh, there's a lot of actually like one-hit wonders kind of like that. Not that Obviously they're not one-hit wonders, but... Yeah, I mean they um, had other hits though, just not that many. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They weren't really a hit band, but they were obviously a huge... But yeah, Mark Knopfler, band. amazing guitar player, really, really creative, you know, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah, he did 
he produced a lot of stuff, as we said, Bob Dylan. Yeah. Um, he played guitar on some Bob Dylan stuff as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he has a very, um, very distinctive voice. Uh, which, <laughs> which sounds you, like... you will know if you've heard any Dire Straits songs. Yeah. Well, it sounds like Willie DeVille, apparently. Yeah, which is funny, because I was saying, I thought that that song that we played earlier sounded like Murnoffler, but apparently it's not even him. Which yeah, is weird, because exactly. he has a distinctive voice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Storybook Love, collaboration with Mark Knobler. Right. Yeah. So do you want to tell us sort of about uh, how the soundtrack came to be? Well, basically, Rob Reiner really wanted Mark Knopfler. He was fucking... He yeah, did. so from what I understand, like, Rob Reiner, like, he was like, yeah, Mark Knopfler is the only person who can do the soundtrack. Yeah, basically. He was like, heart set on him, and... uh he fucking was into it, luckily. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently he had seen Spinal Tap, right? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this, yeah, it's true. It's pretty funny. He was like, um, so yeah, he was like, okay, I'll do it, but on one condition. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the hat from Spinal Tap has to be in it. The hat that you wore in Spinal Tap has to be in the movie somewhere. Yeah, which is... Yeah, funny because as we uh, I, we mentioned this in the last episode, I think that yeah, it think was so. in uh, uh, the kids' bedroom. It was in Fred Savage's bedroom. Yeah, what was the what was the character's name? <laughs> did, did I we have know? no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, might, he might. Does, does he, he even have, have a, name? a name? Let's yeah. find out. L- young little boy, grandson might be. His oh, name. okay. Literally, he's yeah, grandson. <laughs> Just named grandson. Yeah, well, that's a good first name. Good, solid first name. <laughs> but yeah, apparently that's where the hat was in in the in the in the movie. But apparently it wasn't the same one because he couldn't find the same one. So he he made a recreation. But apparently Mark Knopfler later when he was asked about it, he was like, "Oh yeah, I was joking." <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I think the way that Mark Knopfler was thinking about it, like, because he was familiar with the book, was that the whole thing was set in the sort of like fantasy realm. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the framing device, I believe was a invention of the film. And yeah, uh, exactly. I think that maybe that the entire reason was that he could get the hat in there. <laughs> also, it was <laughs> the, hilarious. And yeah, the entire you got reason to put that Peter they, Falk in there. The entire reason they created that framing device was to get the hat in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I should get a, um, I should get one of those hats. Yeah, it's a good hat. Yeah. It's a they made all the C they turned all the C's into O's. Yeah. Is the that's Well, the there's joke. only one C. Um but yeah, anyway, he so the hat was in the movie and Knopfler did the soundtrack and uh and it's storybook. Awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Really 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 good. The guitar is like one of the most memorable it's one of the most memorable fucking like you could hear that anywhere and you know what you're hearing this fucking exactly. bright soundtrack um and it's uh like it's sort of the entire movie too like he's not just playing like you know yeah it's like it's, really it's a score it's, almost. yeah it would have, yeah it's really fucking good yeah you know? Yeah, and, and apparently, well, not apparently, literally, I don't know why I said apparently, a Storybook Story, the song we just listened to, was uh, nominated for Best Song At for uh, an Oscar. the Academy Awards, yeah. Yeah, um, but it lost to uh, I've Had the Time of My Life. I mean. Dirty Dancing. 
so fair, That's I guess. stiff competition, yeah. That is stiff competition. Also, Beverly Hills Cop 2 was nominated. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean... Oh, the two, uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Fair enough. Because honestly, if that was... If that was Axel F. Yeah, exactly. No way. Stiff. That that's that's gotta win. <laughs> Axel stiff. F is gonna win hands down. <laughs> but like Beverly Hills Cop Two, I can't even remember what the uh song from that movie yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um But so yeah, basically that's uh they've the movies were in post production period here. Um they uh apparently nobody knew how to sell the movie though, because it's like what how do you, what is it, you know? Yeah, because I was of, actually thinking about this. What we, what what is the genre of this movie? Exactly. Is it a comedy? Is it a romance? Is it a? It's an epic film? romantic comedy. It is an epic romantic comedy. It's exactly what it is. And like, um, I was actually thinking, like, does this count as fantasy? Because there is I actually mean, only one real bit of it that is actually fantasy. And, and I would that's say the, that's the fire the, swamp. No, I was gonna say when he comes back to life. Oh right! The miracle max would be the miracle max. part of it. Yeah, the actual miracle there. Yeah. <laughs> um, other other than that, like this, like it just takes place in some fictional country. Yeah, exactly. Um, in like a long time ago of some indeterminate era. Exactly. My yeah, guess some... is like, want to guess the 1400s, but that's just you yeah, know, my I'm sure observation. Yeah, it's not specifically nailed down, but no, yeah, that's exactly. the vibe you get from yeah. the... Yeah, maybe 1500s, whole... I'm not sure. I'm not an expert on this. I'm not a historian. Yeah, the, the whole situation. Yeah, it just, it, uh, I don't know, it looks good. Good costumes. Yeah. So yeah, they didn't know how to fucking sell it. They didn't know how to like, you know, market it. So apparently they did, they did basically no marketing. They spent no money on it because they were like, well... We don't know how to do it or how we're going to spend money We on don't want to waste this money. Exactly. And so Rob Reiner was fucking furious. He Apparently he called 20th Century Fox and like yelled at them, which seems like such an un-Rob Reiner thing. But, you know, that's you know, how you're successful. I guess you got to be able to call and yell occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> so he called them and yelled saying, he's like, fucking, I don't want this to turn into another Wizard of Oz. <laughs> was uh, Wizard of Oz not successful? That yeah, that's the thing is it's it was super unsuccessful when it came out. I guess out, it's just it's been so long ago that exactly to me it's, now. it's just so you know ingrained in popular exactly. culture that it's like you know oh yeah everybody knows that movie and unfortunately it kind of did. <laughs> I yeah. mean, not necessarily unfortunately like, because of... well, I mean the Wizard of Oz. Well, like I was saying, everybody knows the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, but the difference is Wizard of Oz didn't benefit from VHS, baby. Exactly. Yeah, so 100% the first place I saw this movie was on VHS. Yeah. Yeah, like that's... Um, 100. I'm, yeah, I'm sure you you were probably, you probably saw it the same way. Uh, yeah, I knew a lot of people who had this on video when I was younger. Yeah, so. I mean, I feel like everybody had it. Yeah, exactly. It was a great fucking movie. So, you know, it, it's got a little bit of stuff for everyone, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I was apparently reading, well, I was reading that apparently um, it's the super popular in Utah. The Mormons love it. Really? Which is... Interesting. Yeah, interesting. They it's just got good values to them, apparently. They like it. I like what that. 
it has to say. Apparently, yeah, they're like the more the the governor of Utah was talking. I forget who was they were talking to, but someone who was involved with the film like went to Utah and they were talking to like the governor or something, and the governor was like, "Fucking, it's like you'll find like the a copy of that video in every in every living room in every home in Utah." <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. Um, Man, you're really fucking obsessed with the Mormons. <laughs> No, it just comes up. They just come up a lot. There are a lot. They're around. They're okay. just. They're moving there's on. A of, there's a lot of stuff about them out there. Yeah, there's a lot um, of content. Okay. Um, but yeah, so they. T- it was kind of funny because you know the VHS release really gave it its fucking you know. Uh, yeah. It's as we're talking about. Well, it now. at least they made their money in the end. Exactly, and it's funny. Many people and, did call you know, it. Somebody bought this laser disc at some point. Exactly, and it, wasn't it was cheap. Well, no, it was cheap you, for but... me. I paid seven dollars for it, but <laughs> but that's different. That's you know, yeah. That's the post consumer. When it was new, it was like probably at least thirty dollars. At least, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a premium video yeah. right there. Exactly. Um. But yeah, Manny Patankin did call it the Wizard of Oz of our generation, um, That's, which yeah. is funny, considering that Rob Reiner didn't want to turn to Wizard of Oz. It did, but at least again benefited. From I guess home that's video, okay. So, it's fine. so yeah, it's fine. Everybody loves the Wizard out. of Oz. Exactly, it worked out. It worked out for the best, really. Um, exactly. But yeah, so that's basically the film, The Princess Bride. Okay, I'll, I'm going to work this in right now just because I didn't know we were working anywhere else. But did you know that Peter Falk only has one eye? What? Yes. I did not know that. <laughs> uh, That's yeah. weird. Is it, like, I guess he has a glass eye. He has a glass eye, eye. yeah, yeah. It, it just You can kind of see it if you look at yeah, a picture of him that one of them is just kind of like... it's a, it's a it, it looks pretty good, I guess, but that one of them kind of doesn't follow the other one, so he right. looks kind of cross-eyed all the time. Right. Oh yeah, I see that. Um, yeah, but yeah, glass eyes are a very interesting thing. They're real yeah. art, like people. Yeah, it it looks really good, but uh, yeah, he only has one. Oh, eye. Weird. Weird. It's yeah, just a I weird guess I can thing. see that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently there was a joke about it in Colombo. <laughs> Um, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't seem very. Uh, uh, he doesn't seem very sensitive about it. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess it's, if he had, he's probably had it for a long time. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Probably got a sense of humor. Sorry? Yeah, that, that probably has a sense of humor about it. Yeah, well, he's a very funny guy. He's got a sense exactly. of humor about a lot of things. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so final. But yeah, thoughts? I feel like what we we didn't talk actually that much about him, but you know. Cause yeah, because well, it, it is a small but he is hilarious. He does... He's hilarious. He he nails it. He's the perfect like you know fucking uh, uh, mysterious old man energy. Mm. Nailed it. Um. But yeah, what do you so final thoughts? Give it to me. Lay lay them on. Ten out of ten. What? Ten out of ten. No, nine out of ten. <laughs> I can't give it ten nine. out of ten. I can't give anything yeah. ten out of ten. That's. <laughs> If I were to give anything out of 10 out of 10, it would be this movie. But I'm not going to do that because, you know. Because what? Hard, yeah. You can't give anything out of 10 out of well, 10. Well, because once you give a 10 out of 10, you can't go any higher. Exactly. What if I see a better movie one day? 
Nine, ten point one. <laughs> exactly, the <laughs> scale just shifts. It goes to exactly. <laughs> Thank Normalize. you for that joke. Normalize it. Exactly, exactly. All yeah. right, this is films of ten. I mean, like I said last, this film's just really is... fucking good. Everything about it is good. It's hilarious. You know, this it's is hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's got a little bit of everything for everybody. You know, kids can watch it. Uh, adults can watch it. Yeah, I and I could good like, acting. genuinely plug this f- or like watch this movie and then fucking just put it right back in, put it right back in and watch it again. Exactly, amazing. Yep. But uh, what, yeah, I'm just speechless. You know, like honestly, like it. Just watch it. You have. Yeah. If you, hopefully, if you, hopefully you have. I'm sure. I'm sure at this point, anybody who's still listening at this point has watched the movie. And if you but, haven't, uh, what? Who are yeah, you? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, that's that's our episode for let this me, week. Sorry, we let will... me just quickly. Uh, you keep talking. Yeah, we will be back next week with a brand new film, brand new set of uh, episodes, and uh, we will. This is we're in the '80s now. We're doing a good. Uh, 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 trucking along here, so we're beginning the countdown to a hundred. Uh, the episodes, yeah, we've done yeah, over eighty episodes. episodes. Yeah, it's we're we're officially starting the countdown. Are we? Are we counting down? Yeah, this is the first one. Okay, well, we'll let you know when we're at hundred. All right, guys, see you. See you next week. And when he looked in her eyes, he became obsessed. My love is like a storybook story But it's as real as the feelings I feel My love is like a storybook story But it's as real as the feelings I feel It's as real as the feelings I feel Love was stronger than the power so dark a prince could have with him.